When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the forum, the show where we learn more about Husker Nation, one fan at a time, by asking them the same four questions. I'm your host, Anki, and tonight we welcome a self-admitted Husker homer who's just trying to spread some positivity in a world that's too angry. He's also a scotch connoisseur and a donor to dear old Nebraska U, something we'll discuss a little more tonight. You can find him on Twitter, at Tyler S. Peterson, with an E-N. Welcome to the forum, Tyler. Thanks for having me, Hawk. It's a real pleasure. Yeah, this is a this is a fun one. We've started uh, kind of communicating a, a month or so back, and and I think you know one of the things I've I've wanted to do with the forum is to tell a lot of different types of stories of all of our different fans that we have, and we hit on something I think kind of along the way, and it was it's it's a privilege. I really believe it's a privilege to be a Husker fan, and this isn't going to you know this isn't a big sales job that we're going to be giving you Redcasters you know following along, but it's the importance of, I think, giving something to the back to the program. It's that showing that support. And uh, we were just gifted this tweet last night. I had to bring this up. And it was uh, that uh, we had a guy that he wrote this. He goes, an ongoing facilities arm race and costly stadium renovations have driven a dramatic increase in university athletic debt. And there's all these universities showing debt. And at the very bottom, the honor roll, Nebraska was listed with about seven other schools as, as schools that didn't have debt. And he went on, this is from Tony Altimore at TJ Altimore. He goes, give kudos to Nebraska. They're the only public FBS athletic department with no subsidy from the school, no athletic debt. That's pretty impressive. Cornusker friends. And I guess, you know, Tyler, as we get started on this discussion, I mean, what does that mean to you? You've been a donor. Your family has been, have been donors. You know, why did you get started doing that? What was important to you about that uh, in trying to support Nebraska? I guess uh, dad and I through having like just kind of living out our football lives, you know, uh, my dad, Boyd, we go to all the games together to any other, you know, football event together. And uh, we're at the end of the day, we're both just incredibly blessed, rabid Husker fans that we were driving home one time. And I told dad, I was like, whatever means necessary, I will do whatever it takes to sway this program in whatever way I can. And so I am, uh, I'm in that position. And so that's the bat I choose to swing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's the thing that we've talked about on, on the Redcast. And we're not necessarily in the same financial position as a podcast, but what we are is we all have energy as fans. And you can, you can show your support or you can use that energy however you choose to, right? Mm-hmm. Some people go out there and they, they like to get on Twitter right after a bad loss and tell players how bad they are and, and add them and all these terrible things. And I guess whatever your whatever your, your place in life right now is, we choose to take that energy and try to do something positive with it. In our case, we created a, a podcast or we have, uh, you know, Dave from Husk Guys, who are a good friend of ours, who's been on multiple times. Um, 
you know, he went out and created Husk Guys and has this large social media account that is basically just pumping Kool-Aid for the Huskers. Yeah. But he's also gotten into NIL. I think something we'll talk about here uh, with the pipeline jerky and trying to do things, trying to use the energy in a positive way that he has to try to support the program. He wants it to be better. And that's what we all collectively, whether we're realist or optimist or whatever, you know, you want to call us. At the end of the day, we're Husker fans and we just want to do our part to, to make things better. But um, I do want to show this, too. And this is a, our shared friend, Tyler Kai. He's been on the show multiple times. Um, he posted this uh, a couple of weeks ago. It was, it was this Husker hat here for the Leadership Society, Nebraska Leadership Society. And I know that's something that, you, that you're a part of. You're proud to be a part of. Uh, what, does that, uh, what does that mean for you to be a part of that? And, and what, does that, you know, what has that kind of allowed you to do? Um, yeah. So everybody essentially has a vice. My vice is Husker football. I mean, that's just all there is to it. I mean, so we jumped into the leadership society. It's it's opened up some doors to at least be at least uh, more communication, more aligned with the with the athletic department. They've they've all got wonderful, great people. Um, so, yeah, I guess. Kind of, <laughs> sorry, I kind of forgot about the question just a little bit. Nah, doesn't matter. Uh, you know, that's, that's the fun thing here too, is that, you know, the form, this is a fun thing to do. We're not, you know, it's not serious. We're not getting into, to, to, you know, big, you know, disruptive kind of topics. We're just talking Husker football. And before we do that, before we get into the four mm -hmm. questions here, I want to go through a couple of our, um, uh, sponsors here. We have alumni hall two Lincoln locations, downtown 1120 P street. And then we also have one South point pavilions behind Barnes and Noble. And then we mentioned it just a few minutes ago, Pipeline Jerky. If you go to pipeline-jerky.com, you can use Redcast. You officially get 10% off uh, your purchase there. Again, that is money that goes directly to uh, the NIL there that uh, can go to the pipeline to offensive linemen, doing something to support the program while you're, you're eating some delicious jerky. So by all means, do that. And while you're at it, why not support the Redcast too? Go to our store. You can use the QR code. We also have the link in our descriptions. And uh, the hat, the shirt that I'm wearing, the hat is actually from Glow Big Red. That was something that that uh, we did a couple months ago. Uh, the Redcast showed our support towards the athletic department and got one of these hats for that. Um, but, uh, yeah, you can go to the Redcast store and, uh, and get some stuff here, get some hats and koozies and all that good stuff. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. But let's get to the forum. And what is the forum? It is the same four questions that we ask all of our people, uh, all the guests that we have on. Why are you a Husker fan? What is your favorite Husker fan memory? Who are your all-time favorite Huskers? How do you think the Huskers will do next year? So, Tyler Peterson, let's get to number one. Why are you a Husker fan? Well, just like with so many of these forums, you know, that I've watched and the others, uh, you know, they, they kind of say the same thing that we're pretty much made into it. You know, you're born into it. You're made a uh, dad from a really young age of mine. I, I can remember, you know, like being four years old. Why is dad streaming at the TV every Saturday? Jeez, I'm just trying to play basketball over here or something. <laughs> and, uh, you know, then all of a sudden you started, you know, as I started getting older, was able to keep my attention span. He took me to like the 94 spring game, the 95 spring game. Uh, there's a 94 Colorado game that he took me to. Um, and so then I slowly but surely kind of started to learn the game. 
And then after that, you know, when I could actually like, you know, hold my attention to the game, they started taking me to more and more games and he created a monster that can't be stopped now. Mm -hmm. Now we've talked about this off air too, is that, you know, I'm from Columbus originally. So when we say dad took you to a game, my dad did the same thing. This wasn't, uh, you're not from Lincoln. You didn't grow up there. You grew up, you're from the Neely area. So, and you know, anyone that's familiar with that kind of North central Nebraska there to, to just get in the car and go down to Lincoln. That's not a a small little trip. You gotta, you gotta do some planning, especially when you're taking little ones with you. So, you know, tell us a little bit about that. What was that like, you know, going down to to football games in the, in the mid nineties there? Well, it's a two and a half hour drive for us. Um, Dad has a friend in Lincoln that was always generous enough to put us up. You know, he, he would mm-hmm. go to the games generally, you know, like we'd get seats someplace else and he'd go to. Um, and so we would go down, you know, you generally stay the night or, or we might just go down, you know, that day. Um, that's kind of how it was now or back then. Now it's still a two and a half hour drive, obviously, but I got my daughter, you know, a, a hawking gig at selling pizzas because why not what's better to feel your husker edition than you know to have your daughter work in the stadium so she has to be there two hours before okay this is now giving me a great opportunity to tailgate (laughs) before every game and so yeah it's a little bit of a plan but you know it's it's something that i wouldn't change for the world i go to all the away games or i go to all the home games and got some away games just to show some support for the you know the athletic fund and uh for rule this year too Mm -hmm. well uh you know i guess uh I don't know. I, I'm, I'm always looking for places to tailgate. So if you're tailgating for a game, you know, give me a call, shoot me up there. I'll, uh, I'll gladly stop by and uh, do some tailgating with you. You said the, the 95 spring game. So I'm taking is that's the, the year where uh, Berenger and Frazier were going for the position. Yep. That would have been my senior year in high school. I was just, I was a month away from graduating mm-hmm. and I came down to the university to try out to be a manager on the team. Okay. I was going to be a freshman the next year. And um, I, I made it to all these events. In fact, one of the guys in my class, Brandon Drum, was a Husker recruit at that time. So he he, he drove me one week, and we 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 came down there. And I was on the field. Uh, I held Osborne's uh, co- the cords for his headphones. I held that during the spring game, mm-hmm. and I tried to go on TV every time I could. But uh, <laughs> apparently, it was very political back there. Apparently. Back then, apparently, you had to go to the right fraternity to to get into because like all these guys were from one fraternity that were were mm-hmm. managers, and I picked the wrong one, and I didn't get it. But whatever, it was a lot of fun. I still got to go to games uh, the next year, and and that was a good time too. But uh, yeah, that ninety five spring game, I very much remember being there. I was on the even on the field during practices for a couple of the the Saturdays leading up to it. Like I, uh, I've told this story on the the redcast. I was the guy that I was handing the football to Aaron Graham, All-American center, who was deep snapping to Jesse Cush, who when I was a sophomore, he was a senior at SCOTUS, and we were on the same team. Cush would punt it, and that was the that was the spring where Tommy Frazier was trying out punt returns just to kind of build his resume up. Like he wasn't probably going to be an NFL quarterback, but can he do other things? And so he was catching punts. So they'd catch a punt and then do a couple moves and throw the ball to one of us. And one time, Tommy Frazier caught the ball, did about 10-yard run, and then he stops and throws the ball to me. Yes! <laughs> it was not a good throw. It was, like, way up here. And I just <laughs> stuck my hands up and caught it real quick, and he just looked at me and, like, shook his hand. I was like, I was like wow. <laughs> one Once-in-a-lifetime kind of thing. That was very cool. So, yeah, there's I mean, that's – I think – Oh, I'm sorry. 
Sorry, buddy. So there's another one uh, that we're talking spring games. So that one, I guess, dad's one of dad's favorite memories. I guess uh, Charlie McBride, I was trying to get an autograph. Because back then, you know, like you could get autographs on the other side of the stadium. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, like in the mid 90s, I mean, like they, they signed autographs for all sorts of little kids, you know, like myself and everything. And uh, there wasn't half the mob that there would be now, you know, like present day. So I understand it. But uh, I was Charlie was coming out and I dad told me to go bum rush him. So I was like, Charlie, Charlie, you know, sign my program. And so Charlie sat me up on his tailgate and uh, goes, and I expect to see you in 10 years. And I mean, like I I grew up to be five foot five. So Charlie didn't see me. (laughs) Also, there's a picture of the same one that I guess uh, mom and dad guy, I didn't. It's one of dad's favorite pictures of uh, Grant Winstrom actually holding me in the palm of his hand, like holding me up, like mm-hmm. just like holding me standing up. And so, so yeah, there's some pretty cool, you know, spring game memories, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think what you're talking about, and this is a, a familiar theme with this first question of why you're a Husker fan, it's family oriented. And uh, I want to show a couple more tweets I have here. And this is one of them that you posted the night before the uh, the spring game. And you go, by you being here is not only support for the team, but young people, said Coach Rule. And and you said, get out and support the coaching staff, the team, but ultimately the players that chose to play for the team. We love lots of amazing things going on that day to be excited for. Go Big Red. And I love the positivity there. That's part of what I want to see with the forum here. But on top of that, you you kind of put action to your words. And the next day, here's a, here's a photo of you and your wife and I, your little daughter here, Moo, first Matt time Moo. in yeah. First time in Memorial for Moo. And then there's your photo of your on your Twitter photo. And it's you and the family sitting there on or standing there on the on the field. So you're creating those memories now. If we're doing fan forums 30 years from now, we can have your kids on and, and right. they can tell us the stories from uh, from this. But it's it's a family event. Chipping away slowly one by one on them. <laughs> well, and and it's think about that. Your formative years in Husker football is in 94, 95 when we were in national championships. And, of course, that's going to do something to you. Mine, mine was 83 and, you know, the scoring explosion and everything. But whether whether you got your start in those years or your kids getting their start right now where we're not, we haven't been as great, it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that's dying off. It doesn't mean that fans don't have interest. It just means, from my perspective, I'm more interested than ever in getting this thing righted and mm-hmm. doing what it takes to get it righted. And this goes back to what we said earlier, whether it's about, you know, the, the, the donor part, the, the showing your support or just showing your support in in positive ways too, is that we all want to see this thing get turned around. And, and when it does, because it will, it's going to get turned around. Oh yeah. Full. I, uh, the, a big reason why I'm a part of the leadership society is because I, I absolutely 100% believe in Tyler, Maddie, Brendan, Doug, Trev, and a hundred percent full send with Matt Rule. I mean, I I can believe in the leadership and the people that we have working behind the scenes more. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you just gave me the greatest segue here to question number two. And what is your favorite Husker fan memory? And I'm not even going to let you have a chance to answer it because you told me it beforehand. I just want to show the photo and just explain it. So yeah, so this is uh Maddie took that photo, which I, I I wish Maddie was in. I told her to go grab somebody to take a photo with us because I'm like Maddie is one of my favorite people in the world. She is uh sorry, Tyler. Tyler and I are building a relationship. I've actually known Brendan the most or for the longest, because Brendan used to sell houses with uh somebody he was a realtor before he joined the leadership or before he joined the athletic fund. Mm-hmm. And uh so um I was best friends with this individual. And so I knew Brendan for a little bit and Tyler and I, but Maddie and I have a a pretty strong friendship. I think the world over, but Maddie 
invited me all of a sudden one night. She goes, hey, we got a spare ticket. Um, Doug Ewald, the CFO, has an extra spare seat at the table for the Outland Trophy ceremony. And I was like, well, that's kind of fun. She goes, well, you can invite your dad if you want. And I, was, I didn't, I had no idea what I was stepping into. Absolutely not. She totally blindsided me. And to the point that's pretty fun. Cause I mean, so John, that's the one. And that's my cousin and the mm-hmm. red that goes to an awful lot of Husker functions and games with me. And then that's my dad that's sitting by Matt to the right in the photo. Anyways, mm-hmm. we, we come in and um, Maddie meets us and we're just kind of, you know, enjoying ourselves before the dinner. And then rule comes up to us. And, you know, so I introduce myself, you know, do the, I if anything, I just tried to just, I mean, like these people are, I mean, they're just like me and you honk. I mean, like, mm-hmm. you know, like whenever I address you, it's like, Hey, has, has the wife, has the kids. So I was able to meet Julie, not Matt the, at the press conference because Matt was getting about ready to get mobbed by a group of people. He walked by me. And I was going to be like, Oh, here's my chance to you know, introduce myself. And he didn't. So then Julie was like, Holy crap. She didn't see anything like you. Like, hey, <laughs> Julie, I'm Tyler Peterson. Thank you for uh, joining us and letting your husband enjoy this wild thing. And mm-hmm. so um, anyways, Matt comes up and he shakes my hand and says, Hey, I'm Matt Rollins, you know, uh, having a discussion. And also I was like, well, where are you sitting tonight, Matt? And he goes, I'm sitting here with you, buddy. And I look at Matt and I was like, and so, and so then Trev and Angie um, come sit down, Doug and Robin come sit down. But then there's one table that there's one plate that's still empty. And uh, Dad and I are kind of like, what's going on here? Well, then in strolls uh, Tom Osborne and sits down. And Maddie was <laughs> at the chair just right to the right of me. And I look at Maddie. I was like, you could have warned me a bit about this. She's like, it's pretty cool, huh? And I was like, yeah. So that night, my, my cousin John still texts me. He's like, hey, we actually had supper with Matt Rule, Trev Alberts, and uh, Tom Osborne. And I was like, yeah, that, that really actually did happen. So. Yeah, and for all the Redcasters that are watching or listening to this uh, tomorrow or, or in the next coming couple weeks here, uh, yeah, that's what the photo is. And this photo is from the Outland Ward, and there is Trev, and there's there's Coach Rule, there's Coach Osborne, there's there's Tyler. All at the same, uh, the same table. And, you know, I can tell you, you know, from our experience a year ago, we had Coach Osborne on. It was right, just about a year ago oh, right now. Yep. And we had him on for just over a half hour. And it's one of those things, I mean, we still talk about within our group. I mean, it's a, it was it was kind of like once we did that, it was, what do we do from here? <laughs> I mean, in your Husker fandom, you just had you just had supper, essentially, yeah. with, with Trev and, and Coach Osborne and Coach Rule. Like, as a Husker fan, where do you go from there? I can tell a lot of people. I'm just a, a blessed Husker living my wildest fantasies right now. The the thing of it is, I mean, like after I joined Leadership Society too, I mean, like it's it's one of those things that, like you said, like I'm a I'm a very proud member of it. Um, but it's it hasn't even scratched the itch. It's just only just poured jet fuel on the addiction toward taking a torch to it. You know, I just just love everything about it. Hmm. Well, you know, I, I've we've mentioned Tyler Kai a couple times, and he's been on the show multiple mm-hmm. times now. And it's one of those things that I've always, I've respected how he's, he just deals with people. You know, not everyone's going to be a, uh, you know, a, a Nebraska leadership society member, but he doesn't, he, he gives so much equal time to everybody. He's so welcoming, and, you know, and I've, I've talked with other people within the athletic department that way too. They're just so good. And the way that I, I, I look at it is that we all can play a role. And that's, I think, part of the theme of what I want to do here tonight too, because I did want to kind of bring up being a donor and being a, how, what does it mean to to show your loyalty and your and sponsoring the program, whether it's through a podcast or whether it's through financial donations, whatever those size may be, whether it is what Dave at Husk Guys did and create an NIL, uh, you know, pipeline jerky, doing whatever it is. 
We always say that this program is owned by the fans more than any other program in the country. There's a reason why we're the only major FBS to go back to that uh, uh, earlier tweet, the only major FBS one to not have any of the debt and, Mm -hmm. and not even just not to have any of the debt and not take any, you know, state money, tax money or anything. We've actually, the athletic department has given millions over the years back to the academic side of the the university, which is wonderful. That's awesome. But you know, it's also, it's a true credit to, I think the fan base out there and whether it's, it's easy to be a fan when you're winning national titles and all that. But what we've gone through and I still have the support. I love it when some fan from some other fan base goes, oh, that's not a real sellout streak. Oh, you had to go buy a couple hundred tickets and, you know, give me a break. I mean, this is, I'll tell you what, that's real money that's come in. And Absolutely. it's real money that's yes. there to support the program. And I'm just, I'm so proud of Husker Nation to, to what they've gone through over the last 10, 20 years. And it's it's as strong as ever to me. I mean, yeah. it's, it, from the fans I talk to, it's as strong as ever. Let's keep supporting it, and uh, I think we've got some really good things coming with, with Coach Rule. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, you're you're getting me all fired up now about the discussion <laughs> of you know like, and that's not the reason why. I mean, like, why I'm involved with uh, you know like the 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 donor and the, like the leadership society part of that. I like when we were really successful, when we were winning championships, when we were still you know like go back to even 2001, you know like when when we were making a national championship push. I like you saw all these banners around the stadium, Californians for Huskers, Georgians for Huskers. I mean, like everybody and their dog in the continental United States wanted to claim that they're a Husker fan. And I still think it's still out there. You just got to wake it up. But I mean, like these kids, I mean, like, yeah, it's great. I mean, like support them, but they don't need, everybody is supporting them when they're winning championships. They need your support now. They need your mm-hmm. support right now when they're trying, when they're, nobody's giving them any credit when they're trying to build this thing up. That's another reason that's like, I mean, show your true support and your fandom. I mean, it's like you said, you, it doesn't have to be through donating. It can just be through buying a ticket. If you can yep. buy a mini pass, if you can buying t-shirts, being positive on Twitter. But I mean, like these kids need your support now and they see it. I mean, like, hell, I mean, like Logan Smothers just put his little, you know, his poster up that he transferred to Arkansas state. I said, Hey, I mean, like, I didn't even go into a library. I just said, good luck, Logan. He liked it. I mean, like Jojo Doman and Adrian Martinez have, you know, direct messaged me before. Mm-hmm. It wasn't anything, but it's just, Hey, you know, you guys are here at a really rough time and gave it your all. Thank you. Mm-hmm. you, know, I mean, like, you Do I have that? They need your support now, you know, is the main thing for everybody. Don't, don't just sit there and, you know, give them a raff of crap right now, just because they're mm-hmm. the man down kicking them. Give them your support. Give them your undivided support more now than, anytime absolutely i was just looking i, I can't find somewhere back here and all my stuff but i have the like one of the 2 a.m loca- uh, decals that they sent out uh that martin's family had and the dad his dad just contacted me last year after the season was done as, as adrian was leaving uh for k-state and he saw i posted some things about my son my, I've, I've been public on this my son's on the autism spectrum and everything and, and we, go, we got him to go to some games and everything and his dad reached out to me, Adrian's dad did and said, Hey, you know, would Alex like some of the stuff? And he sent like a shirt and he sent, you know, these decals and just some really cool things. And it's like, you know, goodness sakes. I mean, you see it with uh, Logan and now we see it with Adrian. I mean, those are, those are, I, I'm pretty sure Logan graduated, I think from, yeah. from UNL, but Adrian, I, I know did. So, I mean, these are, these are alums of the university. They truly are always a Husker. Yes. Now they have the, yes. the paper to prove it. Yeah. And yeah, you know, you wish them well. And it's one of those Absolutely. things where, we're in a little different, uh, you know, college football world today with things like the portal. People can transfer mm-hmm. around, but, but uh, you know, they're, they're good people, and yep, uh, and they've done a lot for this program too. 
Yeah, well, especially Logan for sticking around for as long. I mean, like, man, that guy put up with a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, kudos to Logan. You know, Logan, if you're if you're seeing this, uh, cheers, buddy. Thanks for everything you did. Well, cheers. And uh, you are a Scotch connoisseur. What is in the glass today? In the glass today is Balvin Twelve Double Wood. It's one of my. It's a, it's one that doesn't break the bank, but it's 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 really good. It's a smooth drinker, and so anybody that's out there looking for a good Scotch or a good whiskey, go get Balvin Twelve. And this is a a rum and coke, as I used to call it in college, uh, rum and coke. But uh, it's a, it's a yummy one. And I did bring out the same glass yeah. that you did. We we beforehand. So this was the uh, the Tom Osborne one hundredth win. I think these were like were they U stop or Philip? Yeah, Philip sixty six. Yep. Yeah. Yep. How many do you have? I have all. I see six of them. Six of them up there on the the like ledge. All of them, I think. Is that all? It's that all. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember, but I, I know I have six of them up there on the uh, on the microwave. So you're doing better than me. I only got three of them. I just started my collection though. I was like I was with my wife and it was like at some garage sale and she uh-huh. went, I was like, Scotch glasses. It's so, <laughs> we're a little bit heavy for a Scotch glass, but you know, you put a big ice cube in there and it takes Yeah. Time. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, you know, garage sales and antique stores, normally you can't get me anywhere within five miles of one of those, but if there's husker stuff. That's where you get some of the best things. And, uh, you know, uh, that my mom got me the, the 1976 glasses of all the teams we played that year in 76. The non-conference schedule was like LSU, TCU, Miami, Indiana. I think we're all non-conference. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the first two games were on the road in 76, something that's only happened three times in the modern history. And the third time is coming this next year. As we get to question four, we'll probably talk about that. Uh, but before we get to question four, let's talk about question number three here. Who are some of your all-time favorite Huskers? All right. So, I mean, like, obviously, you know, like Grant Winstrom, shout out for Abby. Um, Grant Winstrom <laughs> was right up there for me. Uh, you know, I, obviously, I really enjoyed Tommy. I, I enjoyed Scott. Um, I'm going to go off on a ledge here for people that – I mean, like for players that don't really get a lot of credit and I'm going to say Mike Brown, Mike Brown is an absolute punisher. And I love that guy. Anytime that anybody asks like, Hey, who's your favorite Husker? I always bring up Mike Brown. I mean, like, just cause I love the way that that guy played football and just, he was Troy Polamalu just didn't get it. I mean, like that guy would just fire off like a missile and he was just there for one, just seek and destroy. I mean, the Brown Mm -hmm. brothers were, or the Brown cousins were so much fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I always, um, you know, Mike's probably my favorite just because the way he played football and he just doesn't get enough credit. That 99 defense, that 99 team, you know, goes 12 and one and yep. has the one loss at Texas, which they avenged in the big 12 title game and, and yep. won our last conference t- championship in 99. But yep. that 99 defense with Ralph and Mike Brown, I'd nice. uh, have Steve Warren up there on the front have Carlos Polk in the middle. I mean, it was just that, that, and it's it's ends up being so it's a team that gets glossed over now in the history because we oh, don't have yeah. all the championships or you know we had so many other championships and that one didn't quite get there but it, i mean it should have it, it was as good as any of the teams we even did a thing on on twitter one time where we said in today's world with the with the uh with the postseason playoff and everything what husker teams you know do you think could have gone on and won titles that didn't and 99 like right away that's like that team was good enough to win the championship definitely yep. 99 was I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and I mean, like, it's not my style trash, you know, previous coaches that haven't been here, but that year that we had Sue, you know, when we played Texas and I feel like with a little bit of better offensive scheming, man, 
that team was genius. I mean, like, that's the last time we've seen a stingy defense that good since the 90s. I mean, like, Amu Kamara, Dannard, Gomes, Hag, Sue, Crick was playing. Mm-hmm. Side of him. Yep. And then uh, Stuart Bradley, right? Was that Stuart Bradley? Bradley and, would have been gone by, by then, by 09. When, I don't think when it was had, Compton, was it? Was Comp there? Compton was... I think he was on the team, but he hadn't really yeah, started playing as much either. until about 10, 2010, 2011. But you're right. That, I mean, because that 91, you know, there was Barry Turner there too and Philip Dillard and all that. And it was just that team. You really had to have, you had to have a pretty inept offense <laughs> to not win with that defense. Like I think of the Iowa State loss that we had that year. I think we lost nine to seven. Oh, we had five we, fumbles. Oh, it was just. It Who's was, not going to lose when you got five fumbles? You should be the number one team when they fumble five times. It's just ridiculous. And I've told this story so many times. We went down to the to the game at Texas um, uh, at the Jerry Dome. Mm-hmm. And I remember tailgating with some, some Texas fans. And some were cool. And there was a couple of real arrogant ones. And some guy came up to me and he said, you know, we're going to beat you 50 to 25. And I was like, dude, two things. <laughs> you, you, you aren't sniffing 50 on us. And Maybe we're not sniffing 25 on you either. You know, I, I I was really hoping that, you know, it'd be probably a 17-14 kind of game. That was where I, I thought it'd probably be. And I thought that if we kept it that close, that we had a, a chance. And, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't, you know, I, Texas might get to 20, but that's about it. What did that game end up being like 13, 12 or 14, you know, 15, 12, something like that. And, and we, them. we just couldn't get out of our way, nah. you know, unfortunately on offense that year. Cause that defense was, is, that was national championship. Caliber. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Let's get to number four. And this is the question. So we usually spend about half the time on the first three questions. I love getting to know the guests and we get to, we get to hear about you, but question number four is where, you know, this is what I think a lot of fans want to talk about right now. How do you think the Huskers will do this year? And you know, that it, you hear all the varying things. I've got Kool-Aid people there saying, Hey, we could go nine or 10. I mean, we can win. We can win some games. We've been that close and we just need that level of leadership that we think rule is going to bring. I've seen other people be very measured six and six. Let's get to a bowl game. I've seen some people say, nah, you know, look at rule the first couple of years at each of his last stops. It's, one, two, three wins that first season. Where do you fall kind of on that that first year right now? So I'm not going to put a ceiling on them. I'm just mm-hmm. – I, I refuse. I, I will uh, – let's just put this, much improved. That's when you ask how they're going to be. Like, I, I'm i just like every other – and you. I mean, like, I go to every game like, yeah, we're going to win, of course. I mean, like, why not? And mm-hmm. so, yeah, 12-0, baby, let's go. You know, so uh, – <laughs> Um, obviously, I mean, like, I, I know that that's a too high of an expectation, but I'm not, I'm not going to put a floor and I'm not going to put a ceiling on this guy, on these guys. Let's just let them play. I mean, like, let's just let them improve, you know, like day by day and enjoy the process as rule says. I mean, like if we win 12 games, hell yeah. I mean, but the main thing is let's just make it to a bowl game. Let's make it to a bowl game. Everything after that's gravy. I don't care at whatever means necessary. Just just make it to a bowl game. If they don't, I mean, it's not the end of the world either. I mean, like, I hear so many people like, oh, man, that first game is just so important. And yeah, I mean, like, it's important. But, mm-hmm. I mean, like, everybody's just, like, hanging their season right on that first game. It's like, all right, guys, that's a little unfair. I mean, like, yes, it's a very good benchmark to be able to tell you where we're going to be able to sit in life if you can go ahead and punch Minnesota in the mouth. I think they're ranked as, like, the fourth highest opponent on our schedule away. And so it's like, man, if you can get a hold of Minnesota, this, the, the sky's the limit. But – even if we don't, it's like, all right, we're we're still a team learning to how to win with a new coach. Mm-hmm. 
the sky's not falling down. We still have 11 more games to go that we can win every one of those games. I don't care if it's Michigan. Now, I would love to beat Minnesota and then go rub Prime's nose in it, get to 4-0, and then have a ruckus crowd, you know, for uh, Michigan. I would love nothing more than that. And you get that stadium full again for a night game against Michigan. I think all the chips are – all bets are off the table because when that place gets lit up and you got a rabid fan base that's been able to drink some scotch all day long <laughs> – it's going to happen. And so, you know, I mean, like, I'm, I'm just not going to put a ceiling on. I'm not going to put a ceiling. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to put a floor. Just, I think they're going to be greatly improved. I think the attention to detail, man, we, uh, so that quote that you put up on that tweet that, uh, by you being here shows your support for young people. That's what Matt said, you know, like, uh, up in West stadium. Yep. The week before I was, uh, lucky enough to get invited to the scrimmage. That was a scrimmage honk. Holy smokes. Mm-hmm. Those, I can tell you this much. They are aggressive. That is the one where I can say that about the team right now. MJ Sherman is a beast. But, um, I mean, that's what he said is that in the last thing he says, um, we want to win a pile of games, but I'll tell you this much, don't bet against us. That being said, I'm going across the river, and I'm placing the bet just like I did last year for us to win the Big Ten championship. Whether we're going to do it or not, I don't know. But, hey, we're going to celebrate mm-hmm. Indianapolis if I do, honk. <laughs> well, we had um, after that scrimmage at the – I guess you would have gone, I think, the week after this. So they, they had the coaches' clinic scrimmage. And we had uh, Glenn Snodgrass, head coach at York, on right after that. And, of course, his son Garrett's on the team. He was on the, the show a couple days after that and talked all about that first full-padded scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Now, I am someone I went to uh, the the coaches' clinics from the last year of Solich all the way through the first couple of years of Frost up until COVID. And every single year, never missed one. So saw how Callahan teams, Pelini teams, Riley teams, you name it, Solich, how they all practice. Yep. And I, you know, I have a, a real, I've said this for six years on this show. I have a real affection for, for taking the green Jersey off the quarterbacks, letting them get hit, being physical, you know, physicality is going to win out. You gotta, yes. it doesn't surprise me. It surprised me, but it doesn't in a way that mm-hmm. our defense played the way it did the last few years, tackled the way it tackled, and then you find out you're not tackling in practice. And it's like, okay, well, that that matters. And what Coach Rule has said that he wanted to do, and then he's turned around and done it. Yes. yeah. That's that's what means something to me. I've, I've seen far too many, you know, couch experts, football experts on the couch sitting there saying how sloppy we were in the spring game. And I'm like, I, I've rewatched that spring game about 10 times now. And yeah, we had some fumbles. We had some fumbles with backups that who aren't even on the team exactly. right now. And you yeah. knew it at the you knew it at the moment it happened. I remember yes. Torres. One of the fumbles is he hit the fullback with yes. the ball when he was handing it off to the eye back. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, I mean that that goes in the stat book. It's it's something for someone to sit there and go, hey, there's another fumble. Boy, these guys are sloppy. And I'm sitting there going, that's a a quarterback that's not going to be here. Make it, you know, just making a goof. A freshman playing in front of the biggest crowd he's ever has in his life. But that wasn't. The guys that are going to be making the, a lot of the meaningful snaps, I didn't see Jeff Sims out there fumbling no. the ball around. Absolutely you know, I didn't see Harburg doing that. I mean, I saw a lot of really good things at full speed with full contact going on. I saw defensive guys making plays. I saw offensive guys making plays. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a really good – as far as spring games go, I thought that was about as entertaining of one as I've seen. Oh, boy, yeah. That's that's by far one of the most entertaining ones we've, we've seen at least, at least probably a decade, I'd mm-hmm. say. You know, but, yeah, it's uh, – um, like you said, I mean, like Jeff's. It's not like Jeff Sims went one for twelve, seven fumbles. I mean, like that wasn't yeah. Jeff doing it. I mean, like, if anything, I mean, like, why is Wisconsin picked to win our West Division this year? I mean, like, go back and look at the quarterback that transferred from SMU. He looked terrible, you know, in his in his spring game. It's like, let's talk about that. 
you know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, like here's your here's your golden child that you guys have picked to win the the division. It looked very special, you know. Like I, I did not, I did not think come away from it thinking that we looked uh, unspectacular or anything. But also, I mean, it's cold. I, like we we had a chillier spring game. I'm not making excuses for anybody. No. Just, you know, the rules spoke to it. You know, like the week that I was there at, you know, like the April 15th at the scrimmage. You know, like it, it was a cold day. It was like 39 degrees when we went down there. And uh, um, I know that Samantha Carr kept on saying, hey, if you guys want to go up to the West Stadium and watch it, you can. I was sitting by Doug Eagle for the spring game, and I was told Samantha, I was like, this is football with Samantha. You leave us alone. Yeah. So we said, I mean, like, there's players that are coming up to rule, too, I guess, going, hey, coach, you know, like, is there any way that we go inside? He's like, no. But, I mean, yeah. like, it's just like what you said. I mean, like, he, he does exactly what he preaches. He says, hey, we're going to play physical football. Bingo. Here we go. We're going to, yeah. you know, the offensive line is going to do this. Let's go. I mean, like, I, I appreciate so much because I mean, like, anybody can just talk trash out there and not back it up. I mean, like, why was Conor McGregor loved so much? Because he talked trash and he back it up. You know, I mean, like, mm-hmm. Rule has done everything that he has said that he would do so far to a T. And I guess that's half the reason why I love him so much is because he says exactly what he's going to do. Yeah, Trev wants a grinder. So there, you know, during the the off season, there's. There is a coach rule with the team at six in the morning when that when it's dark out in the stadium and there's snow on the ground. He's out there in shorts, and there's a a bit of a a toughness mentality to that. But uh, you know, I I've called it for next year. I've said it's to me it's the race to six, and I think it's really important to get to six wins to get that bowl game. I think it's important to demonstrate that kind of level of success because if you're doing the right things, I don't think this has to be a long runway to get this program turned around. And that race to six, because I'm right there with you. I don't put ceilings on this program. You know, I've anyone that's watched this before, hey, we can go six and oh, right? And if we go six and oh, let's reevaluate our, our uh, you know, our expectations and let's get to seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever wins. And if we're sitting at five and six when Iowa comes to town and Black Friday, then let's get that sixth win then and let's get to a bowl game and let's beat the, the Hawkeyes for a second straight year. That's Absolutely. that's the mentality that I have going into this offseason. And it's not that uh, I, I'm not tempering expectations. I'm not trying to to boost anything up. I just, to me, to me, getting to a bowl game is such a, it's something that it was a rite of passage as a Husker fan for so long. I mean, you just, that's what we did every year. <laughs> yeah. You just, you just did it every single year. And so I think that's a, that's a, that'd be a real tangible show of, of success, success right away in year one. And I'm also with you on, you know, we don't have to put everything into the first game. I mean, I think the schedule, we, it, we'll have plenty of time to lay out what the schedule looks like. Uh, you know, Northwestern went out there last year and won their first game, and that didn't do anything for them success-wise, right? Unfortunately, we were the team on the, the opposite end of that. But winning your first game doesn't guarantee you anything. In fact, there, there has to be a maturity level. I think absolutely. we can absolutely go out there and beat Minnesota. I absolutely do. Absolutely. Yes. And I absolutely don't believe that Colorado is going to be good this season. And yet – one of the dangers that Coach Rule has to deal with, one of the things he has to build in that culture of the first year of a team is, okay, we go out there and we beat Minnesota. We we beat them by one point. We beat them by 20. I don't care. Yep. You have to act like you've been there, whether you have or haven't. Yeah, and you've right. got to turn around and go to, to a Colorado team and, yeah. and treat them like, you know, like they're oh. the, the national champion. You're going to prepare Absolutely. for them like that. Yeah. And if Nebraska sure as heck is not at any point where we can sit there and go, Okay, now we go two and zero. Oh, hey, we're going to come home. And we're just going to beat the heck out of Northern Illinois uh, or Louisiana no. Tech or whatever. And it's like no, no. Every game's a big game. If you yes. want to be as good as Coach Osborne's teams were, then you need to prepare for every game the way that Coach Osborne has team ready every single week. And there's a reason why 
One time in 25 years under Osborne, one time did they ever lose to a team that finished the season outside the top 25, 92 against Iowa State. And the reason why is because you're constantly, constantly prepared, like like every game mattered. Yep. And that, that that meant something. I mean, that's a that's makes him to me the 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 goat of all time coaching is Absolutely. just the consistency every single week. Yep. You prepared for the worst and when the best happened, that was fine. But I mean, you made the practices that the games were easy. I mean, like it's like what rule what rule has to say now. You know, like there's a lot of really good programs, not a lot of great programs. That's what you're seeing. I mean, like, we want to be the great program. So I mean, like elevate yourself to the greatness part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny. They they talk about how how much parody there is in college football. Well, it depends on what you're talking about. I think there's parity. Certainly there's parity between number five and number 55 in the country. I think anyone can beat each other in, in between yes. there. Doesn't seem to be a lot of parity between number four or five and one, two, and three. Because mm-hmm. it's the same one, two, or three every single time winning it all now. Mm-hmm. The, the, really, the teams that are making it to the the college football, that four-team playoff, it's really coming out of the same basket of about four or five or six programs. So there's not a lot of parity when it comes to that. And then when somebody kind of outside of that group gets into it, um, a lot of times they don't they don't have a lot of success. You know, we've seen some real blowouts in the college football playoff um, if you're not Clemson or Ohio State or Alabama or Georgia right now. Yep. And so, um, you know, but what that does is I think it still gives a lot of opportunity there's there's opportunity for teams to make big jumps get up into it and i think this gets back to our earlier point our discussion point about you know supporting the program however you do um whether it's financially or whatever the the level of support you can show is that we're in a different world of college football day where i think nebraska is as well suited as any program in the country because of the support we have where where we are at positions look at the facilities that we're putting up i mean we had tyler kai on Two, two times now in the last two years talking about the facilities that we're putting up. And we really kind of did it at a unique time. We did it right as NIL was starting to come up. But he even said, he goes, I don't know how easy it would be to try to propose that same facility today because today's right. world is different than five yeah. years ago. We kind of got it in right before all the NIL stuff started coming. And that's diverting, diverting, you know, resources from, you know, maybe it was going to go to facilities. Now it's going over to NIL. We got it in there, and the facilities that we have, which were already amazing. Coach Rules talked about, you know, the office he has is the best one he's ever had, and he's leaving it to go to a better one. It's truly amazing what Nebraska fans, Husker fans have done support-wise, that what we have, facilities and everything, it's just second to none. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. To touch on that, you know, like when you're talking about the facilities and everything, I mean, just wait till you know, what's coming next for all the other expansions. I mean – yeah, it's uh, kind of lost my train of thought again. Oh, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing this thing. I'm sorry, man. Well, Just sorry. get me excited. Yeah, you get me all excited. But but yeah, the facilities that are coming up. I mean, with everything with the NIL, I I truly believe that. I mean, like that's what I was gonna say with rule. I mean, like you know, I love more than anybody else. You know, getting a paid assassin like Darrell Rivas in here. You know, for a for a transfer, that's always gonna be part of it. But I mean, like more so than anything, like you said. I mean, like let's grow our kids up. Let's grow our kids up. I mean, like, if I was to get into the NIL game, I know that Sean Callahan, you know, touched on this and everything, that, like, donors that want to kick money into NIL, they're they're saying less about freshman, you know, incoming. It's like, I mean, like, yeah, like, prove something first. I mean, like, but I would love nothing more than, like, what Rule's trying to do. Let's let's develop these kids. Let's get good, mm-hmm. you know, Midwestern kids that want to play for the brand, you know, want to sacrifice everything, you know. It's, it's out there. It's going to come, you know. 
Well, let, let's talk about that for a second. The, the developmental program, how many times that he's talked about, Coach Rule's talked about wanting to be a developmental program. And I think that looks different today than it did 20 years ago. I know it does. But mm. we said this back in December. And I think that the, the true test of what a, a developmental program looks like moving forward is when you're you're going to use the transfer portal, everyone is. Now, how much you have to use it, the, the better programs I think we'll have less of a reliance on it every single year. If you're constantly turning over 25 guys, that, that says a lot about a lot of things in the program Absolutely. that probably aren't yes. great. Yep. And I know that's not what he wants to do there, but when you do want to bring in transfers, I like what they did this season. We said it oh. back in December, yep. they brought them in in January. They went through an off season. Yes. I don't care who you are. If you're Jeff Sims or, or yep. whoever, I mean, the only transfer that they brought in, I think, transfer portal-wise since the end of the season was the one offensive lineman last week from, yeah. from Utah. And we're not counting on that guy to come in and be any kind of starter right away or anything. He's coming in to be a depth guy. Yep. And and the guys that are going to be counted, you mentioned MJ Sherman and what you've seen. It's because you've seen him. He was out there. He's gone through the scrimmages. He's gone through the spring game and all that. That's the developmental side of the transfers. And then we know what the walk-on program still looks like. We know what yep. – with the in-state recruiting. We just know in general how Coach Rule still wants to build this out of high school. You can still do this in a developmental way. And it just looks – it's a different way of doing it today. And this gets back to, you know, we were talking about supporting the program in NIL. You can be an old-school fan. And I I consider myself an old-school fan. Sometimes you can, you know, plug your nose at the NIL and the transfer portal and go, that's not the way it used to be and and, and harken back to an earlier day. But it also – it is what it is today. And Nebraska is so well-positioned to dominate Dominate. in that world. This is the new – when when it was Devaney, you know, and Osborne bringing in Boyd Epley and strength and conditioning, and that was our – that was what we were really good at, or, or the nutrition side, or yeah. or Husker Vision being the first you know school in the country to have you know big screens and using technology. Whatever it was, we were always on the cutting edge of something. We can be on the cutting edge right now of NIL and transfer portal and do that as well as anybody. Yep, yep. With NIL coupled along with, I mean, like I, I love rules message. I mean, like just I mean, like you see him around so much and doing things. I mean, like I've I've been blessed to be able to talk with Matt, you know, three times. I mean, like he is such a personable person. I mean, like we're we're all just people in this together. I mean, like I've loved the message that from Matt. That, I mean, like first and foremost, you will love the players. Like that's just. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you're gonna be a coach. You're gonna love the players. And, like just just show that support. I mean, like love your players unconditionally. Show them support. Show them positivity. I mean, like all the rehab things that he's trying to do for them. You know, the rehabilitation things after practice, the mental health part of it. I mean, like I just love mm-hmm. everything that he's up to for showing these kids that he's got their back. I mean, like and and trying to make them into good people first, and then the results will follow. Like I'm a, I'm a big. I mean, obviously, I mean my Twitter follow says that. Hey, let's be positive. Like. Don't take yourself too seriously either. I mean, none of us are going to get out of this thing alive. So I mean. Just, <laughs> I mean, just just have some fun and be a good person, you know. I mean, like that's the main thing. That I mean, like rules just hey, let's, let's bring some people along. Let's let's, let's elevate these kids, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean? And so, yeah. well, you know, the mental health side of it too. And they they had a great video that was released today from the the Huskers on that. I redcasters go out and watch that. And there's enough pressure on these players. There's enough things already out there on all of these guys. Well, any athlete, volleyball, football, basketball, you name it. There's there's so much pressure on them already. And at the end of the day, you know, being a good person too matters. And it, we mentioned, you know, Adrian Martinez and oh, him sending, you know, my son stuff and, and Logan Smothers and you've interacted with him countless times. And 
you know, even if they end up leaving and, and going somewhere else, I mean, they still, they, they put in time and effort right. here and there's nothing wrong. We, you know, how you do things and doing things the right way mm. is imp so important to me as a Husker fan that we're not going to, we're not just a, it's not just all about the wins. It really isn't. If it was all about the wins then we would have stopped. If it was yep. all about the wins, the red cast would have quit three years ago. Why keep going? It's only about wins. It's not. Yeah. It is about doing, doing the program proud, doing the state proud. And that's that one of the things I think I've, I've been so impressed with coach rule when he took over. I said this back in about October of last year, not about coach rule. I just talked in general about the next, whoever we were hiring. It was during the 70 days. And I'm a little bit of a historian guy. And I, I, Really, I went back to the Devaney and when Devaney got hired here in that off season of 61 to 62. And everything that I've read and watched about Devaney was that he went across the state of Nebraska. Now, the state of Nebraska, they were down after 20 years of not having a lot of wins, and it, it was not a great period of Husker football. And he really went around the state, I mean, from Shadron to Fall City and from Valentine to South Sioux City and everywhere in between and just got people – support. Hey, we need yeah. you in Neely. We need you in Lexington. You guys are all Nebraskans. You know, this is the, the, the main show in the state. And he just got people feeling good. Mm -hmm. And then he went out there and he looked at the schedule and he, he saw Michigan in week two, a game on the road at the big house, but he didn't think it was a very good Michigan team. And he had, he was from Michigan growing up. And he thought maybe a game like that could be something that could show the, the team some, uh, give them some confidence, give the fans some confidence. And they went out and they, in week two, they won that game yep. and they had a remarkable first season. I do think as we look at the schedule, if nothing else, I'd love to see some early success to get some momentum going, yes. which is something that we, you know, Coach Frost talked all the time about. He always wanted to see momentum, but we just never got momentum going for one reason or the other. Yep. And I think if we get a little bit of early season momentum next year, you, you said it, that, that Michigan game coming here in late September, if Nebraska, if there's something to play for, if we don't feel like the season's already, you know, the, 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 you know, the sheet's been ripped out from underneath us. If you're yeah. sitting there looking pretty good and we got Michigan coming to town, that place is going to be rocking. You know, not only, I mean, like, is it, you know, like something to play for, but I mean, like, show them that you have, like, what you're preaching is working. I mean, mm -hmm. something to believe. I mean, like, I fully believe that these kids go and beat Minnesota, some that they haven't been able to consistently do. If they beat Minnesota on the road opening night, that will open a lot of doors for, holy crap, this guy's actually, I mean, like the, the path that he's leading us down is actually working. Let's keep yep. going. You know, all of a sudden, if you go down to prime, which we touched on prime, I mean, like, dude, how, how can you have 50 transfers? I mean, like get acclimated to the altitude, have your first organized practice, you know, together in August. It's like, I mean, like I'm, I'm not, it's like I said, I'm not putting a ceiling on anybody. I'm not setting this up for failure. I'm not setting this up for anything, but it's like, if you go and bulldoze Colorado and you get to Tuno and then knock out NIU for what they did to us the last time. I mean, like everybody forgets that. It's like, oh, it's just Northern Illinois. It's like, you realize they beat us the last time they were here, right? Like smoke them. But no, we beat them in 2019. We did ah, get some, and, and, we blew, and we blew them out even. They were, they yep. were defending, they at least had won their division the year prior. And the, the point is, I can remember going into that game in 2019 and people are like, yeah, the last time Northern Illinois, they beat us. And it's like, no, there are things that shouldn't happen. Yeah, right. we did. We lost to Georgia Southern. We lost to yep. Troy. We lost to Northern Illinois in 2016. By, by this point, I love it when somebody brings up to me something about 2016 because I'm like, who gives a no. blank at this point? That's yep. that's 
three, you know, two coaching staffs ago. And, you know, and, and how many, you know, people, people talk about Nebraska fans living in the past. This is a good time to sit there and go, no, I'm not living in the past. In fact, my eyes are looking straight ahead. I'm not looking backwards at all right now. This is, everything is moving forward with us and, and get past uh, the uh, get past some of the, the, the pains of the, of the past. I think that's what coach rules needing to do too. And I think that's what Devaney did right away. Devaney did this thing where it's like, we're not going to sit here and, and harp on the last 20 years of, of failure. We're mm-hmm. going to create our new traditions and our new history. And I think that coach rule, that's, that's something that's, you know, you can see that he's trying to do too. He's, he's given praise to coach Frost and the previous staff. He's given praise to, to some of the things that went on before, even as he's going to make changes. I love that so much. You know, like what you said, like, I mean, you know, the praise for other staffs and like uh, not going and uh, tearing down the team. I mean, like I'm, I'm not going to talk ill will on the dead. I'm just not, I mean, like mm-hmm. it's not what I'm going to do, but I mean, like, you know, like one of Scott's first pressers, he said, goes, wait till I get my guys in here. Instantly. You've just given a backhand to the guys that are down the locker room battling for you. Like, I like I love it so much. I mean, like, and I love that it fueled Colorado's hate for us. But when Matt goes, no, nah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not excited for the transfer world. I want to coach the kids that are here right now. I'm excited to do that. Like, it wasn't a, it wasn't a bash on Colorado. I mean, like, they can take it. We're gonna go ahead and smoke them anyways. I can't wait. I've got my tickets there. They're not holding me out. That place is gonna be red. We're coming prime. You guys are leaving. But anyways, um, I mean, like, don't talk trash i mean like let's bring everybody up i mean like go ahead and talk and favorably on, on the players that you have like yeah i want these players here i want to develop them i want to make them into men i want to, the kids that are blessed enough to have the talent to make it to the league i want to get into the league i want them to get into their second contract you never hear rule being like yeah bud wait till i get my players here in third year or ah i inherited a dumpster fire i mean like that guy has been all strategy i mean like and, and don't get me wrong it's not just coach talk i like he believes it. I mean, like, well, he's, he's think about the me. think about the experiences that he's had. Like you just said, he didn't he he doesn't say he he um, inherited a dumpster fire. And whether he you know whether behind closed doors he thinks he did or didn't is one thing. What we do know just from his experiences, he he inherited dumpster fires at other places. What he inherited at Baylor, when someone says, "Hey, he only won one game at at Temple or two games at Baylor or whatever." Did you see what he inherited in those situations? I mean, Baylor, Baylor might be the closest thing to uh, the death penalty since SMU was what you know Baylor was going through. They had forty-five scholarships when he took it over. You know, he had a, over a hundred scholarships here and had to get us down to eighty-five mm-hmm. over the course of the spring. That's a difference. That's a tangible difference right there. When he took over Temple, they were switching conferences and also had just zero support. Back to the word that we talked about at the beginning of this is support. He's not having to fight support. Just imagine his entire offseason. Imagine the offseason of, of uh, Dion. Not only does Dion have to turn around a 1-11 in program, but literally he does have to work on getting support there too. I mean, they have to figure out ways to pay the guy, which is charge, you know, charging Husker fans 100 and, or 350 bucks a game or whatever, But just to go to the game. But the point is, He's, he he has other concerns if he's truly trying to build a program, which is you hear some people kind of rolling their eyes as he's truly trying to build Colorado. Is this a one or two year thing? And he's gone. But that's that's uh, I'll, I'll take it at, at face value. He's trying to build a program there. Well, yep. he has to build support. Yep. And that is not something that Coach Rule has to do. He doesn't have to come in and build that. It's it's there. Now he's fostering it. He's, he's improving it. Yes. He's bringing new people on. But. Husker Nation again, give yourself a you know a round of applause and and a, 
and I clap there is that, you know, the support, he feels it and you can just sense it. He's just like, Oh my gosh, you, you know, you said his wife there that she was like, wow, like this is a big deal. <laughs> and he's from Penn state. They're, they, yeah. they're from Penn state. They understand what a big time football program feels like. And they come to Nebraska and go, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. When you speak on like bringing all the players into, I just like to talk on like, I mean, like, so we brought a lot of transfers in last year too, which I mean, like I've been pretty you know, vocal about it, you know, like against, uh, you know, Buffs fans that are coming at us about how many, tw- it's like, be careful with that transfer portal thing it is a double-edged sword. I mean, like we brought all sorts of transfers in last year, like, Hey, last chance you, we got to get this thing right. Coach is on the hot seat. We got to do this thing. And so, but a lot of the transfers that we brought in were immediate impact players. Look at the impact players that he brought in this year for transfers. I mean that, I mean, like, it's not just transfers like, Oh boy, I hope this one works out. I mean, like you brought Ben Scott. Ben Scott's gonna play. Jeff Sims gonna play. I know that Casey was here. God, I love Casey. That one hurt. I I used to I sit by a lot of the parents, and so I used to see Casey's mom and his girlfriend every game, and mm-hmm. uh, talk with them. God, they're great people. I, that that one kind of hurt me. I, if Casey's still in, you know, once a Husker, always a Husker. I love Casey Thompson, mm-hmm. but nonetheless, you know, we got Jeff Sims, we got Kemp, we got Arik Gilbert. When hopefully he gets his you know, his transfer, that's just on offense. I mean, like you go to the other side, we got MJ Sherman's going to be a difference maker. I can tell yep. you that much for sure. 100%. Um, who else we got on defense? Chief Porters and chief. Yep. Chief. Can't wait to see chief go. Um, defensive Collier. back. Yeah. Collier from yep. I love Kane Williams. What he said about Kane Williams transfer. Kane, Kane Williams and Bullock going back to the walk on, you know, getting them to linebacker to infuse some speed into the linebacker position. Those kids are going to go. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like Bullock, I mean, like, he feels full on that Bullock can be an NFL player and let's go. Let's give him the chance. Yeah. He got us, you know, they were over 100 scholarship players and go, go back to being a developmental program. Yep. They went through an offseason, didn't have a mass exodus of players right after December, which I loved. Mm. All those guys at least Absolutely. gave a shot. Because yep. because you can walk in and say get the heck out of here. I don't know why you do it. It does it doesn't cost you anything to have those guys here in spring. And why not evaluate more players? But they got the numbers down to eighty three yep. enough so that they could add Bullock and then uh, the the tight end. And geez, I'm drawing a blank from uh, from Aurora. Uh, oh my gosh! But anyways, Borkature. yeah, Borkature. There you go. So we added two walk ons. Elevated two walk-ons up to uh, scholarship, which is awesome. Those guys are going to be starting or playing very meaningful minutes. So that's all part of your development there. Coach Osborne, when we had him on last year, we were talking about the transfer portal and talking about the difference in college football today versus when he was coaching. And he even, you know, he mentioned like a a team like Michigan State a couple years ago, how the portal can giveth. I mean, my gosh, if you have an unbelievable portal offseason, you can have a real – change in a quick change in the program from W's and L's. But we also saw with Michigan State last year and we've yep. seen it with other schools too. If you're totally relying on the on the portal, it can take it the way too. And it can go both directions. What I do think and in a developmental world, I'll go back to if you're going to use the portal, you need to get those guys there for the offseason. And the guys that we brought in last year when we had that big offseason of of uh of players that uh Coach Frost brought in, the guys that came in during the offseason so Thompson was here. Yep. Trey Bryant was here. You know, you go back two years ago, Samori Tori was here for the whole offseason. Those guys came in and became pretty instant players. Absolutely. But if you came in here in the in in the summer, so whether that was Steven Wynn or Devin Drew, the, the defense tackle from Texas Tech, who got here in August, or oh, even Oshawn Mathis. Oh, you know, Oshawn didn't get here till like June. 
I think that that stunts the growth, especially if you're counting on that guy to be a starter. So like to get, to put that in perspective, the guy that we just got from, from Utah, yeah, I think it's a great prospect. Absolutely. I, I'm yes. very happy we got him. I think it's good depth to bring in a guy here with six, seven, 300 and whatever pounds for, for tackle. Yeah. But if we were sitting there going, this guy needs a start for us, no. uh, you know, in late August in, in Minnesota, if that's, if that's the conversation, I'd say that's a bad, that's a bad omen, but we're Back, not asking. Right. That. Knack, right? Was that the yes. transfer knack? So yep. don't look at knack and borders as instant. Like, I mean, like, I think everybody has this uh, misconception about transfers too. Like, oh my God, like transfer, he's he's going to play. Like he's going to, but knack and borders are payback for the 2022, 2021 recruiting class. Like, mm-hmm. hey, listen, we ain't got nothing wrong with this. Let's infuse this division one talent that we know that we have in these kids. Let's yep. infuse this talent and let's develop them over the years. They're not impact players right now, but they will be just, and that goes back to development. It's like, Hey, no harm, no foul. We're taking this kid. We're going to develop him. He's technically a freshman, which is the thing yep. with, with hood too. He's a freshman. Just yes. These guys, we, we, we had a lack of offense alignment that, that were recruited in that class yeah. a year ago when we were switching from Austin to Rayola as coaches. So we, we, we kind of miss a year of offense alignment. So then yeah. we go out there and we bring in a couple of redshirt freshmen, Absolutely. one coming from Georgia, one coming from Utah. These yeah. are guys that were, you know, had some accolades as, as recruits yeah. to begin with. They've been developed at least one year at yeah. another D1 program. They transfer here. Now they can't just immediately transfer back out and go and play Maybe. right away. Yep. And so, so we've built our numbers back up at that program, at that particular spot in, and on the depth chart too, like from a roster management standpoint, that's smart. Yes. Now, again, exactly back to your point, that doesn't mean that they should be starting for us next season. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that they're bad players if they don't get out there on the field a whole lot either. Like we're scared. We had um, the, the the pipeline event that was at Hale Varsity Club back in, in August when we went, or in April. Yep. And that was a question. And Brandon Stye answered that about like what made that so special, those teams back then. And this is the greatest offensive line I've ever seen, the 1994 when all those guys up there on stage. And Stai talks about how they weren't afraid to develop back then, that you could be behind Will Shields for two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you're going into your third season before you've really even played any kind of meaningful snaps. Yep. And you're still not guaranteed a starting spot by that point. And, it do- and nobody thought you were some lousy player, that no. you were some bust. And in this world, I think this is such a negative outcome of the – the rivals and the you know the the star system that we have is that you bring in that guy and he's a four star and he hasn't played by his second season. Dude's a bust. You yep. go back to the mental health stuff that Coach Rules talked about. That's what these players are dealing with. Yes, yeah, the incident grading and everything that they see. I mean, it's not fair to anybody, you know. But yeah, I mean, like, but you talk about. It. I mean, it's camaraderie. It's mm-hmm. the brotherhood. I mean, like, look how that '94 pipeline team treats each other every time that they see each other. I mean, like the the pipeline event that you were at. I mean, like, I, <laughs> I couldn't make it to that one. Brendan offered Dad a ticket. You know, mm-hmm. we were him that that same day. He's like, "Hey, I got a ticket for it." It's like, "Dad, go to the pipeline event." And he, <laughs> but, but nonetheless, I mean, like seeing the pictures and seeing you with Sarah and everything. I mean, like, it was it looked like a, a fun time. But just like what Zadika said, he goes, "You haven't lived since you, if you were in those stallless uh, locker freshman locker rooms back in the day." <laughs> like that's what those guys came up with. I mean, like it wasn't like, and we got to get back to that. I mean, like that's great if you have a freshman, nineteen year old, eighteen year old that wants to play left tackle and he's going to start for you right now. I'm not saying that. I'm not putting walls up around anybody saying, Hey, that can't happen. That can't happen. But I mean, like, but we got to get back to that developmental thing where it's like, Hey, all right, gloves are off. You're red shirt, freshman, sophomore, you're a junior now in you go, you know? And I mean, like, I think that's going to happen, but that's a perfect example of knack and hood. It's like, Hey, 
I mean, like you guys, you guys are smash mouth kids already. Like we're just going to let you send the hopper for another year. That's all. And when you come out, get ready. I mean, I think those kids are going to be ready to go. Well, and, and also, you know, part of that development is seasons matter and practices matter. And so you're, you know, you might be hood or, you know, you, you might not be ready in week one against Minnesota, but there's going to be injuries that happen in in week eight. There might be a game in week eight or week nine. Yep. And, and your numbers count called on and we need you and you need to be better in week nine than you were in week one. I mean, that's yep. development too. Absolutely. And you know, I think of Iowa as they're one of the, I mean, I think they're, they might be the premier developmental program in the country because yep. they aren't the premier recruiting team. And yep. yet they have, I think the the 10th most amount of pros right mm-hmm. now in the NFL is from Iowa. And you know, you're developing if you're doing that. And yet they had a guy like Tristan Wirfs a couple of years ago. I mean, just an elite talent guy. They end up starting pretty much right away there. Now that's very rare, mm-hmm. but so there's room. We can still go and bring in a freshman that might be an instant contributor. I mean, if you get somebody that's just a an absolute stud, but for the most part, I, I want it to be really hard for a freshman to ever be able to step foot yes. on the field on day one here. I mean, that, yeah. I, and I think Coach Rule probably would say the same thing. Like, I want to. It's not that it's impossible, but I, it better be really hard. Like, yeah. you better be an unbelievable talent. And maybe there's and some weird reason why we really need somebody right away to come in and play. But like, it should be really hard as a true freshman to come on the field. And that is so fun. That's such a funny thing about Dylan Rayola. Yes. Is that people were so, we were on another podcast that asked us, you know, what are your guys' thoughts on this on Rayola? And this is before, before he made his decision. And my response was, I just don't really, it doesn't, you know what? I know he's not going to win us a single game this season. And I, I'm not really, I'm not in the, the frame of mind where I think he'd be a starter for us the following year either. So we're talking about a kid who, whether he comes here or doesn't come here, still could come here with the way portal works and all that. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about a kid that's not even going to be really contributing on the field probably till 2020, 2025 at the, at the soonest. And I don't, I don't know. I guess I'm not that fan. That's just I'm, my focus is 100% on this season. Absolutely. Every game matters. And let's get this going. Let's get something going. And, by the time, uh, by time, by the time he's ready to be a contributor, maybe he's playing for us. Who knows, right? I mean, the crazier things have happened. Sarah and I have talked about this. I mean, like I, I think that shout out Sarah Malaro. Um, I think that I, I full heartedly believe that Dylan will be a Husker by the end of the, day, you know, at the end of the day. I mean, like he made a business decision. If if that kid goes to Nebraska and flames out, doesn't start, what's his options after that point? I mean, like yeah. it's, it's it's abysmal. If he goes to Georgia, the number one program with all these, I mean, like. Um, five-star kids, and he flames out, everybody will want him. Everybody. And you still have him. I mean, like, that's the thing that everybody's blocking out. Like, you know, if some other kid transfers to wherever, that, hey, we're just never going to get him again. It's like, no, like, you're missing the point. Like, in this transfer world, it's it can work out for you if this kid makes a business decision, goes someplace else, and comes back, and then you have him. Yeah, you know, like, I, I think Dill will be here. Well, and there's always the grass is greener on the other side thing right now. If you look at the Elite 11 players, the 20 or 22, I think, that they've brought in for the, the Elite 11, Georgia right now is two quarterbacks yes. on that list. But guess what? Nebraska has one on it too now, Danny Kalen, yep. the transfer that we, we – or the guy that just decommitted from Missouri. It's the second straight season that the state, state of Nebraska has had a quarterback in uh, the Elite 11. Last year, Zane yep. Flores, who is now going to Oklahoma State. How about um, that? You know, look – from a developmental standpoint, I want Danny Kalen to be the, the, you know, the a, a starter at some point, have a great career here. Right. I mean, this is, I think that's all part of it. And, and we wish nothing but Dylan Rayola's success, wherever it ends up Absolutely. being, whether it's at Georgia or if it comes back to Nebraska or he goes somewhere else, 
I, I never wish ill will on any kid, but you know, I, when, when a kid commits to Nebraska and they're playing here, I want that kid to have Absolutely. all the success in the world and have every opportunity. Yep. And, uh, you know, and I, th- I think that's, that's really important there. That pipeline event, I think just was one more example of what is so cool about Husker nation. I mean, that was on a Friday night that was planned a couple months earlier mm-hmm. and it was a full house there at, at Hill varsity club. And when Dave with Husk guys and pipeline jerky, when, when he put that event together, he didn't know because it, it wasn't announced yet. We didn't know that Coach Solich was going to be back, mm-hmm. and they're going to have a competing event at Memorial Stadium that night. Yeah. And which, I mean, that just shows how much fandom there is here. That there could be a a great event there in West Stadium. Um, it very well deserved for Coach Solich, and we're so glad to see him come back. At the same token, we've got this event going on in Omaha, and you know, at my table. We've got Tyler Kai at the end of the table there. Of course, just awesome. And we had the No Block, No Rock podcast guys next to us. And then we had us. And then right in between us, we had Gary Sattemeyer and Kent Pavelka. Yep. And I mean, oh, my God, for a kid that grew up listening to those guys in the 80s and 90s. And I just, I mean, I just, whether they liked it or not, I also, and I just took over a conversation with them and just started picking their brains. And they were, they were enjoying it, I think. And, oh yeah, <laughs> and we're just talking. We just we're talking football. We're yep, talking football absolutely. with for an hour before the event started. I mean, it was it's one of those magical nights. I'll and you know what we went we went four and eight last year. Like you know, yeah. it was a magical night. I, my fandom is at its peak right now. Absolutely, and uh, we went four and eight last year. You and I talked about. It. I mean, like whether it's at, sitting at the pipeline events and what, with some of your, um, you know your your boy heroes. You know, like I mean, me going to the outlet and sitting with you know like uh, Trev and ruling all those guys in Osborne. I mean, like, and, and to be like what you said, I mean, like Osborne, like that guy is just as witty as what he's ever been. I mean, like I love every chance I get to talk to Tom, but yeah, I mean, like it's the, the passion is still there. It's always still there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how cool is this? You're at the <laughs> Outland Award event. It, you know, there was a lot to be said and I, I'll never, I would never ask if you, if you hurt, overheard anything, but there was a lot said about that was one of the first nights where, Coach Rule and Coach Osborne really got to meet. In fact, it might have been the yep. first night it was. they met in person. And so I remember <laughs> there were some reporters that were trying to, I think, trying to get their ear in there and, mm-hmm. and hear anything. Just in general, you know, you don't have to say anything specific, right. but like in general, I mean, what what was the kind of, were they just basically, you know, just getting to know each other? Or did you hear anything that really stuck out to you? Um, I love the admiration. So, I mean, like, so. I try not to come off as these things like, oh, look at me. I, I got to sit with, you know, have supper with Matt. and I would tell everybody that that would have been a mass email the next morning. So you are way, you know, you're way more, uh, you know, laid back about it than I am. But keep going. I try not to, you know, like be like, oh, look at that. And so, I mean, like, but uh, so I I knew that I was going to be able to, con- you know, converse with Matt. And I, I still hope that I'm, I, I know I'll be able to talk to Matt again, you know, before the season mm-hmm. starts. Um, but I let dad, you know, talk, sit by Matt, you know, I got made that point. That's like, Hey, sit by Matt. I'll, I'll get to talk to Matt again someday, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I sat by Maddie cause I mean, like we've already touched on the friendship that I have with Maddie. Um, so I sat with Maddie. <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny, you know, like, um, just a random guess, honk. How would you say that we decide who is sitting by who just random, just take a random cut at it. Uh, geez. Um, Alphabet. <laughs> Cake was on the table. It was vanilla chocolate, vanilla chocolate. And so uh, Trev goes, 
sit where you like your cheesecake. Cause that was the first thing on there. So we all sat down and uh, he goes, well, that seemed to work out because Angie is the one that's sitting by Trev. That's obviously Trev's wife. Angie is mm. an absolute sweetheart. And so my conversations got to be obviously with uh, Johnson right to the right of me. And then Maddie was sitting beside me and then Angie. So um, I talked with Angie and Maddie quite a bit through it. Um, Dad got to talk to Matt and Tom an awful lot. You know, uh, Doug talked about ice fishing, you know, with Tom and everything. And so I'm not going to get into like the X's nose, but I do. I know that dad just watched in admiration how much like rule and Osborne like to talk to each other. Like they, they hit it off. Great. They're, they're bouncing mm-hmm. ideas off each other and uh, schemes. Um, so I, I tried playing the long game, you know, getting good with the wives, you know, so I, <laughs> I tried to make best friends with Angie. You know? <laughs> Well, that, that's a, that's a good idea too there. And when I was, uh, I go out to, to Denver for the first round of the March Madness every year, hang out there at Redcast Dave's house and everything. And it was while I was out there the Friday morning, that's when they released that video, the round table of Trev. I mean, and yeah. Trev and coach Osborne and coach rule and Trev, that is just the, they were all in their element. Trev, in his background with ESPN yes. and being a communicator and everything, he was so good at that. I, I, I said at the moment, I wish, I hope he does more of those. Yeah, absolutely. Like for everything. I mean, do it for volleyball, do it for basketball, yeah. bring a fan on, do one of these fan forum things with a fan, you know, bring in, <laughs> bring in coaches, bring in alumni, bring in whatever. He's just so good at what he does there. That should be the start of a, you know, a quite a series of those because he's just so good at it. But you could also see, and I've seen Coach Osborne in the past talking about past coaches, and he, you know, he's always very cordial with people. He's very cordial with Mike Riley, and yep. and obviously he hired Bo and everything. And um, and I, I remember I went to a thing where they were dedicating the the North Stadium that was going to be getting built, and that's when Callahan was here. I went to that mm-hmm. to that uh, the groundbreaking thing, and, and Coach Osborne talked there, and very cordial, right? Yes. I just feel with with uh, with Rule that there there's no effort. There's no, no effort for him to sit there and, and get behind him. He is just – he's, he's like – oh, he, yeah, when he said, I wouldn't do anything different. I mean, the things that you're doing right now, I wouldn't have done anything different. I just and, – and, and Coach Rule, honestly, I, I swear to God, it's like he's sitting there taking notes. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I can tell you that from what I know about Rule, like, I mean, like, I, I can't tell you that he's going to – Rule pays attention to everything. I mean, like he. I mean, I can't tell you two fans just cutting it up about Husker football if he's going to pay attention. But I mean, like everybody's like, you think Rule's going? Rule pays attention to everything. His mm. his assistant coaches interviews, everything. That guy has got it down to the detail. What's going on? And so he is very vigilant about what's happening. But yeah, I mean, as it's, it's, um, it's funny because Trev Trev likes to raz Tom. That was kind of some of the, he he still likes to raz him as much as he can. And uh, he was taught he was telling, um, and this goes back to Matt, like you know, like playing physical and playing out the elements, like what he said about you know, hey, we're going we're not going to be in Hawks very much. We're we're play outside, so we're going to play outside. We don't play in dumps. <laughs> no, one Trev is telling a story about Osborne, you know, uh, the year previous, and apparently they're they were practicing inside on a really hot day and Tom was pretty upset and he goes to vent his, you know, his stuff to Trev and goes, Trev, 
how are we supposed to have an aggressive team if we're not tough and we're playing inside when it's really hot? He goes, hey, coach, I'm I'm not the coach. I'm just the AD. You want to go talk? You know, go talk to the coach too. You can you can do that. Mm-hmm. And so, but yeah, he he he, he like razz Tom as much as he could. It's it's interesting that dynamic with Trev and Tom because I, I enjoyed that much too. That it's it's kind of a father son relationship with Trev and Tom too. Mm-hmm. And you know that's that's a telling statement there about how you practice, you play the way you practice yes. and and you practice in the conditions that you're given. It, it's, it's a blessing mm-hmm. to go back to the, to the, to the support that we can all give this program. It's a, it's a blessing that we have the facilities that we have, but I also think the facilities aren't going to win us the championships. And when coach rule, I think he looked at spring ball and he looked at, you know, a 32 degree day or whatever it was, a 28 degree morning. I think yep. he looked at that as a blessing. Oh, here's an opportunity for us to get outside. Uh, uh, Billy Kemp, yep. you know the the receiver who I think can have a great season here, oh, absolutely, and yeah. has been here all off season. So one of those transfers that got here in January. But there was a there was a practice during spring ball where he was uh, I don't know if complaining might not be the right right word, but it was just he was not it, he was like wow it's colder here in Nebraska than Virginia, <laughs> and it, and it probably is. Oh, yeah. And yet you know what? It's colder in Michigan. Yep. And it's colder in Minnesota yeah. and it's colder in Wisconsin. It's it's unbelievable. And and I loved when when Coach Rule talked about how when it got to when when it was one of those days mm-hmm. and, and we came out there and we were wearing uh the, the offense is wearing the red jerseys and the defense is wearing the white, then he could go, Okay, offense, you're wearing red jerseys, it's a home game. This is Black Friday against Iowa and mm-hmm. defense. You're wearing white jerseys. This is Wisconsin in November and get the field, put it in your mind. Yes. You start to visualize what this is like. And yeah, we could go inside. We have these unbelievable facilities, but why would we do that? It's a blessing that we were given this horrible cold day right now because yes. get used to us, get yep. used to every hit. I had character on this show on the fan forum about a month or two ago. We talked about physical practices and he said the word callous. And I think it's so yes. right. Anyone that's yes. played football, you wrestled, you said. Yeah. You know, the, the worst practices in wrestling, the worst practices in football, they're always the first couple of the season because you're not quite ready for it. And those first hits mm-hmm. hurt more. But then Are all of a sudden you get callous to it. Yes. Yep. And you got to create that. And when we lost to Iowa badly in 2016, Mark Banker, the defensive coordinator, said, I, I wonder what Iowa's practices are like. They must be bloodbaths. I just about blew a gas can. Oh. Well, what the hell are our practices? We do it. No, you're absolutely correct. I mean, like, I mean, like, I can speak to I mean, like, right now I have a I have a fractured wrist. I've refused to give up on my teammates with on my mm-hmm. golf league team. I'm going this thing is going to wait until October before I do any kind of surgery. Like mm-hmm. wrestling, I mean like I I got so much weight that I got bruised ribs each time. Uh-huh. Like in drilling takedowns, you know, and getting I mean like all oh, that hurt. But I mean it's just like I said, you gotta get callous. I mean like you gotta play physical football that how you want to play. The quarterback has to be live. The the defense has to learn how to attack a dual threat quarterback. The yep. dual threat quarterback has to understand how to attack an aggressive defense. I mean, like all these things. I mean, it's just like Michigan State and Penn State. Oh, we're, we don't want to play away games, you know, at, or we don't want to play primetime games at night in November. Ohio State, you know, Penn State, Michigan. It's like, all right, I, I love Tread Death. It's like, yep. In fact, yeah. two hands, line me up. And every Husker fan's going, you know, like night games, let's go. You know, it's yeah. like, why wouldn't you want that for your organization? I mean, it's like, what do you th- – I mean, like, in Taboo, like, what Trev says when he's recruiting, it's like, you know, like, hey, you know, I'm going to go to this kid, like, well, it's kind of cold there in Nebraska. And a coach It's like, yeah, you want to play pro? Well, yeah. What happens yeah. when you get drafted to Buffalo, bud? 
Have you seen Buffalo in January? Mm. It's cold and there's a lot of snow. You better get used to it right now. It's not all Miami and San Francisco. And it's one of the most frustrating things I've, I've, I've ever seen with the SEC. And this is a whole different conversation. I won't even get us too far down because it, it could be a whole separate show someday. But, but you know, it's one of those things where they have controlled the environment so much. When Florida this year goes and plays at Utah, mm-hmm. it's the first time since like 91 or 92 that they're leaving the state of Florida to play a non-conference game. Yep. And when you play eight-game conference schedules and you never leave your area or when you play one major non-conference team, it's always at a, a neutral site like Georgia playing Oregon yes. last year in Atlanta at a neutral <laughs> site. You know, getting out of your comfort zone is important. And how many? And this is the Husker fan from the '90s and the '80s that remembers playing Miami in the yes. Orange Bowl constantly, right? Yeah. And it's the one thing that I hope happens out of the um, out of the expanded playoff mm-hmm. is that I really truly number one because I'm a big I'm, I'm just bullish on Nebraska. I believe we're going to get back to that point. Absolutely. And yes. and when I say Nebraska is going to get back, Nebraska getting back means yeah, we're we're going to be in playoff talk. That's going to happen here at some point. And the idea, the concept that we could have somebody, uh, an SEC school, a Southern school, when Miami came up here in, in uh, 2014, oh, just to play up here. I just the only, the only bad thing about the Miami game is I wish there would have been snow on the ground. But the concept that Lincoln, Nebraska could have a host a game in December against somebody or, or you know, Iowa City or Madison or Ann Arbor, Columbus, whoever it is, the idea that somebody from the South would have to get out of their comfort zone. We've seen it with pro players from some of those SEC teams that go up to Green Bay and to go up to Buffalo. And then all of a sudden they're playing in the pros and they're playing in, in those kind of conditions. And it's amazing how they, they aren't quite as good as they were back in their SEC days. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable how often that happens. Yep. You know, the conditions matter. And getting these guys calloused with the physicality, but getting them calloused with the, the conditions. Mm-hmm. Yes. You can't protect these guys yeah. through everything. you got to be smart. I've said it for so many years on this show about the green jerseys with quarterbacks, and, I, and I've taken heat from people. I've taken heat from guys on the, on the show about it, mm-hmm. where it's a different world. You can't do that today. I'm like, BS. It's still football. You got to be smart about it. You don't, yes. you know, you, you got to pick and choose your time. By the way, I think Coach Osborne was smart about it too. I don't think he was just, you know, he wasn't just taking hits every single second he could on his players either, but he knew that that was the thing that was going to make them at their best. Yep. And when I heard the pipeline guys talking about, you know, the, the hardest days of the week were not Saturdays, it was the Wednesday goal Absolutely. lines when they were going up against the Peter brothers and the D lines and all that at that time. That's what I want to see. When, when I say I want Nebraska to get back to where we were. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes there's a, this misconception, like, well, what does that mean? Are you, are you saying you want Nebraska to be 60 and three, you know, over five years? Well, I'd love that, but that's not the expectation. That's that's ridiculous talk. That's dynasty talk. Yes. When when I say Nebraska should get back to where they should be, they should be nationally relevant, winning nine to nine or so games a season, mm-hmm. making bowl games every single year. That's a hell of a lot more consistent with what Nebraska was. That's what we were for for the greater part of the last 60 years. People just like to focus on the last six years. Yes, they like to focus on one tenth of that time. I like to focus on the ninety percent because I'm I'm more of a percentage guy. I'm an analytics guy. Yep. Absolutely. You know, the emotional guy just focuses on the last six years. I'm, that's not me. Enjoy the climb. That's all I can tell for anybody that's that is striving for success. It's not the destination. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like we have a big party every time we, that we meet the destination. Enjoy the climb. Enjoy the heartache. Like that is what rule embraces. It's not. I mean, like. Do we want to be 16-3? Damn straight we do. Do yep. I think we can? Absolutely. But enjoy that climb. Enjoy that summit that when you finally get there, yeah, you know, like celebrate your highs. Don't get too low. I mean, like just yeah. 
enjoy the climb, enjoy the process. Just like what Matt says. I mean, like it's not, but it's the process. Enjoy every step of the climb. Matt, man, Tyler, I have, I've enjoyed the climb here. I've enjoyed everything about this tonight with you. And this has been a lot of fun to talk about. And that is so true. Coach Osborne always talked about it. It's the process. And this is going to be one thing I can guarantee every Redcaster out there. It's going to be a, a process to get us back to, to that level, but enjoy it along the way. And, and when it comes back and when we know, when we'll know, we'll know when we're back at that, yes. I think we'll have a better appreciation of it too. Yeah. I can remember being a college student in the nineties and seeing one loss in five years of being a college student, one loss at home mm-hmm. and, and not fully appreciating always what, what it took to do that. And, and, uh, and also making that assumption, I, I, I've said before, I didn't want Solich fired, but I also, I also understood it at the time because in my head at that time, I was like, yeah, we're, we're gravitating to mediocrity. We've lost, sense, you know, yeah. so many games over the course of the last, you know, I, I had some analytics in my head. I was like, I, I understand why it happened. Yeah. And, and now looking back on that now, it's the appreciation for what this program did for yeah. so long. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have a bit better appreciation for it when it, when it comes back. It's going to be so sweet, isn't it, Honk? I can't wait. It's going to be amazing. Um, as is tradition on the Redcast and on the fan forum, we always allow the guests to have the parting shot. Tyler, I mean, we've been talking for so damn long anyways, and I think we may even stick on after this. If you don't mind, we'll stick around Absolutely, a little bit longer. I've got a, I can Absolutely. do a refill, and we can just keep oh, it. Yeah. It'll be like it. Redcast after dark or something like that. But uh, um, but. You know, give us your parting shot here. You know, take us out here. For, uh, give all the the fan formers a chance to to hear what your final thoughts are uh, going into this uh, this season. All right, so uh, we're gonna give a couple parting shots. Uh, number one, um, like I said, I I want to come on here. I I didn't give Tyler and Maddie enough credit, but um, you know, if if you guys can, I mean, like uh, like I said, leadership it's it's fantastic. The Husker Athletic Fund. Do whatever you can. Let's get behind these things. These people are amazing. I mean, like Tyler, Maddie, Brennan, they're they're fantastic people. Trust in them. Um, so I just want to give my shout out to and my appreciation to Tyler and Maddie. They they already know that I love them to death, but want to give that out. Um, number two, just uh, like what my Twitter bio says, you know, I mean, like this this world is way too angry. Let's try not to be angry. Let's bring everybody together. All right, we're we're just uh, we're all in this together. You and I are people. We're all people. Let's spread some positivity and, you know, let's, let's just bring everybody up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, you've made my, my mom happy here. Marty, she said, great show tonight. I'm more excited for Husker football every time I listen to the Redcast. And I think that, that Tyler had a big role in this here tonight, uh, uh, Mom, as well. And thank you for watching, Mom. I always appreciate that. But, uh, you know, that's that's the thing. I mean, this is – this fan base we've said this enough times they've been through a lot but they they're resilient and you are now part of the the uh the fraternity you are now part of the the fan formers the people that have been on this show and one of my favorite people is is redcast amy and uh she was on uh, the forum she was like our fifth or sixth person a year ago and one of the she said this this statement one time about Husker fans, and it, it's just stuck with me forever. She goes, Nebraska fans are made of the bounciest substance known to earth. Yep. And it's just basically whatever it is. It's like, hey, we lost this bad game. Boing. We just come back. We just bounce back. And now we're going to talk about recruiting. Or hey, this this bad thing happened. Boing. You know, let's talk about this. We just we bounce back. We're resilient. There's that grit, all those things you want to hear about. It. And I just I, that's 
the thing I'm so proud to be part of Husker Nation. I'm so proud of what the Redcast is able to do to tell these kind of stories. It's really what I want out of the fan forum is to tell stories from people from all over the place, whether you're from the big city, if you're from Neely, if you're a donor, if you're not, if you're whatever, whatever it is. I want to tell all these different stories. And I just really want to say thank you to you, Tyler, because I think the story that you told tonight is an important one. It's a, I love what your history is with, with being a fan. I love what you're doing to support this program right now to help get us back up to there. And I want Husker fans and, and, and Redcasters out there to know is that whatever it is you can give, whatever level of support, whether it's just Hello. buying a ticket and going to a game or, or whatever you can do, if you can you know, swing the $60 to get one of these hats at Glow Big Red, yeah. um, whatever it is, is that you know su- showing your support. This fan base owns this team. We are, I mean, more than anybody. When when Absolutely. those players walk out of the stadium, walk out of that, that uh, tunnel, and they see, I play for Nebraska, you truly do. You play for the state of yeah. Nebraska. And, and uh, Tyler, you are a great epitome of what Nebraska in that sense is. So thank you so much for your time tonight. Really appreciate it. And uh, Redcasters, tell you what, man, you too could be the next one to join us on the forum. Heard at Sports Network Production.